0: When President Joe Biden addressed the nation about a month ago to warn us about the dangerous MAGA Republicans, accusing them of being these extremists, calling them a threat to democracy, it wasn't clear at first what exactly he was up to. He specifically called out the MAGA Republicans. He said he didn't have a problem with all Republicans. It was just those MAGA Republicans. You know, the Republicans who believe that abortion is wrong or that we shouldn't let let millions of illegal immigrants pour into our country every year or who, like the Second Amendment, You know, just those radical extremist Republicans, the ones who constitute 90 or 95% of the party. Not all of them, just the 80 million people who voted for Donald Trump a couple years ago. So his big pitch going into the midterms was that those particular Republicans, they're so dark and violent that they simply can't be allowed to win in November. With a blood red backdrop flanked by Marines screaming into a microphone, Biden himself drew a lot of Hitler-esque comparisons, not just Hitler, but every over-the-top totalitarian bad guy of the past 20 years of movies. And yet, it was so on the nose, it had to be intentional. But why? Why intentionally try to present yourself as some kind of dictator? Well, in the days that followed, his endgame has become more clear. What the Democrats are trying to do is provoke right-wingers into committing acts of terrorism or political violence. Acts that would be useful to the Democrats in these crucial final weeks of before the midterm election. They're trying to stoke the flames of division in the hopes of perhaps provoking some mentally unstable person to do something stupid. And the thing is, it's already worked. But not the way Biden probably intended. On September 20th, an 18-year-old named Kaylor Ellingson was attending a street dance in McHenry, North Dakota, where a drunken 41-year-old man named Shannon Brandt began chasing him. The teenager was a Republican, The drunk man in his 40s was a Democrat, and the two had some kind of verbal altercation on the street. Ellingson walked away, but Brandt didn't want to let him go. Brandt got in his SUV and ran over the 18-year-old Republican. Not just ran him over, chased him down, chased him through the streets, and finally ended his life. According to court papers, moments before he was killed, 18-year-old Kaylor Ellingson called his mom to come rescue him because 41-year-old Shannon Brant was chasing him in the city of McHenry where the street dance had just wrapped up. The papers don't indicate how Kaylor Ellingson was being chased, but by the time his mom could get there, her son was dead. I don't understand the differences. 41-year-old Shannon Brandt had a tough time understanding the charges against him, vehicular homicide, and leaving the scene of a deadly accident. He's actually the one that called 911 to report the crash. Police say it happened in this alley around 2.30 Sunday morning after the street dance. Court papers show Brandt told the 911 dispatcher that he just hit Kaylor Ellingson because the teen was part of a Republican extremist group and was calling people to come get Brandt after a political argument. As Brandt was arrested, he still wasn't sure what it was that he had done that was so wrong. He informed the police that he had helped them stop a Republican extremist. He didn't understand why the police were arresting him. He seemed to think that the president, the US government, and the law enforcement all agreed with them, that Republicans are such violent threats that it's best to just take them out as soon as possible. Now, where did he get that idea? Well, probably because it's the exact kind of rhetoric that Biden used in his speech a few weeks ago. Probably because he's been using the law enforcement as his personal hit squad ever since. Perhaps it's because that's how most people in government seem to feel. I mean, even the court itself let this Democrat terrorist out on bail when he had just committed vehicular homicide a few days before. That man is walking free today. And and even the media doesn't find much to be newsworthy about that whole situation. So perhaps Brandt was confused because he just thought he was taking the marching orders that Biden had given him. Biden got what he wanted with his speech. He wanted political violence, he got it. And whether it's the violence of a right-winger attacking a left-winger, which then they can use to their advantage politically, or say the violence of a left-winger attacking a right-winger, which for them means one less Republican to worry about. Either way, it seems that violence always gives the Democrats what they want. And that, unfortunately, is not fake news. This is Luke Taylor. Welcome to a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar, who will be your host in this roundup of the past week of fake news. I was driving to work earlier this week, it was about 7 something in the morning, and I saw something that I had never seen before. I live in southwest Missouri, and we call this area the four states. It's where Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma... And Missouri, where they all come together. In fact, from where I was driving, I could have been in any one of those four states within about 20 minutes. And and one thing that we have in our area are bald eagles. Now bald eagles are they're somewhat rare in America. I mean you can find them all over the place. But they're actually they're almost an endangered species. They were just taken off the, the list officially a few years ago. But there's not a whole lot of them out there. They're they're a precious animal. To us Americans. Not just because they're they're kind of rare, but because they're our national symbol. I've seen bald eagles here and there throughout my whole life. But on Monday morning, I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw two bald eagles, and they were in a mid-air battle. They had a problem with each other, apparently, because they were engaged in some kind of fight up there in the sky. I probably got close to getting into a wreck because I, I was just kind of transfixed by this. This was something I'd never seen before. I watched as these birds spiraled through the air, they, they grabbed each other with their claws and they just twirled through the air. They looked like helicopter blades spinning around. It, you know, at first it took me a little bit to, to figure out what was going on. And, uh, and the problem was, when their claws were engaged like that, wrapped around each other, and they were just spinning, hooked together, they couldn't really fly when they were doing that. They were just spiraling straight down to the ground. Now, right before they impacted... They disengaged just at the very last moment before it was too late. They disengaged and flew away from each other. If they hadn't released from each other, if they kept their fight going for another second, they would have went splat. I mean, this is just an astounding thing to see. Your eagle cannot fight and soar at the same time. When your eagles are fighting, they're nosediving into oblivion. And as I drove past it, I just couldn't help but reflect on the political divide that we see in America because, because these were bald eagles. So they were America's national bird. They're a symbol of our country. And yet, as I watched these two symbols of America clashed and, and almost killed themselves over their differences, I was like, man, you know, eagles are powerful animals. I mean, they, they can control the skies. They don't have to worry about too many predators except for each other. And that's kind of like America. You know, we rule the roost. We don't have to worry about too many enemies out there. I mean, we have, we have a few enemies, but there's not a whole lot for America. We're, most powerful, we're more powerful than most countries on the planet, and we have a lot of powerful friends as well. And yet, despite all that, we seem intent here in America on destroying each other. The left and the right in this country, they have their claws engaged, and they're spiraling into oblivion. And perhaps, like these eagles, the more we direct our violence at each other, the more we spiral and decline the more we risk crashing straight into the ground. Now there's a couple ways to avoid this. You know, one is if we disengage and quit fighting, just agree to disagree, but we can't really do that. I mean, we are two Eagles. We're not one Eagle anymore. There are two Americas and they're occupying the same space. We're all sharing the same country. We have very different values and very different goals. One side wants to trans the kids. One side wants to rip apart babies in the womb. One side wants guns. One side wants no guns. Can't really agree to disagree on that. There's not a whole lot of middle ground anymore. We are two eagles. Honestly, I don't see a way to disengage this fight. So I don't think we're going to quit fighting. Another option is that one eagle just wins the fight. And yet, you know, this philosophical divide has been growing for decades. And after decades of this conflict brewing... We're as divided as we've ever been. Look at the Senate. It's literally 50-50. <laughs> more than 200 years of American history, the more you know, about four or five decades since the, the sexual revolution of the 60s, and look at how our country split apart since then, and the best we've done, our Senate is 50-50. I mean, it can't get more divided than that. And, uh, and it used to mean if you had a 50-50 Senate, that would mean that we needed to make compromises. You know, 50-50 is not actually a bad thing. It means if you want to get things done, you need to make compromises. But that's really not how America works anymore. If you want to get things done now, you have to control the whole government, and then you just force everyone else on the other side to accept what you want. There's not really any compromises anymore. Just winning the White House and and ruling through executive order, SCOTUS justices, they, they don't even get in anymore unless you have the Senate majority. If you don't have that, then (laughs) good luck. And it's not just our government institutions. I mean, everything is political now. And that's what I want to talk about today, how everything is political. And it's why we have a segment each week on this show uh, of what's racist for this week. Everything's been politicized. And and, and even as I record this, there's a hurricane it's busting into Florida. It's called uh, hurricane Ian. Um, have you noticed like ever since Trump was president, every hurricane now, uh, is politicized. Like, when he was president, all of a sudden, every hurricane was his fault. I mean, before the hurricane even hit the American shoreline, there were already articles talking about how much Trump was bungling it. I, I remember his first year he was president, there were three hurricanes that year, three major hurricanes. And, um, and he handled the first two really well, despite all the negative media headlines, the first two. He handled all three really well. But on that third one, that was the one that hit Puerto Rico and um, that there was a delay in getting supplies to Puerto Rico. For some reason, you know, there was this controversy that it took Trump longer to get supplies to the island of Puerto Rico than it did when he was sending supplies to Texas for the previous hurricanes. That for some reason, Democrats couldn't figure that one out, <laughs> that Puerto Rico is on an island. And so he got weeks of bad headlines from that, that apparently he was racist, you know, because the people in Puerto Rico, I guess, are are more Hispanic. So... There was this whole racism thing. and then it, it turned out that Puerto Rico, they got the supplies actually pretty quickly, and they were just sitting in warehouses, not getting out to the people. It was really the mayor of Puerto Rico's fault. And you know, by then the, the news media decided to move on. They didn't want to report that part of it. They just wanted to leave all the negative attention out there that Trump had just mishandled this. Ever since Trump became president, now now hurricanes are political events. They don't have to be. It's the weather. No one can control it. It doesn't matter who's president. Well that's that's the I mean that's the truth but that's not what the Democrats or the media atmosphere would have you to believe. No, they want you to think that it's always going to be some kind of political leader's fault and that's always going to be a Republican leader. You know when when Trump was president every hurricane was his fault. Now that Biden is president, they're finding ways to blame the hurricanes on the state governors. A uh, politico puts up <laughs> this ridiculous headline that they've they have never said about any governor of any state you know, ever before. Here's the headline. Governor Ron DeSantis spent his first term becoming becoming one of the most influential Republicans in the country, aka successful and effective. But he still hasn't faced one, uh, in that aka, that was my commentary on it, by the way. That's what they really mean, but they don't want to say that. Okay, Politico continues. But he still hasn't faced one of the toughest challenges of a Florida leader, a hurricane. <laughs> so and the headline continues, DeSantis faces the true test of any Florida governor. Meaning, you know, the true test, it doesn't matter all this good stuff he's done, all the ways he's been effective, all the ways he's been popular, none of that matters. The true test of being a governor is how you handle a hurricane. Yeah, where's the, where are hurricanes in the state constitution? <laughs> where's that in the job description of a governor? But the media today, they would have you believe that the you know, hurricanes, it's it's always Hey, when when Trump was president, all the hurricanes were laid at his feet. Biden's president right now. Where's the headlines about how Biden's handling the hurricane? The only headline I've seen is how Biden's not even calling Ron DeSantis. Probably because, you know, he's afraid of Ron DeSantis. I mean, that's the honest truth. He's afraid of him. He's not even calling DeSantis. Instead, he's calling the mayors of individual towns down in Florida He's not talking to the governor of Florida about what the federal government could do to help and assist him. Uh, That's what's happened now. Hurricanes are political events in this country. Doesn't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. But that's where we are. And the Eagles spiral into oblivion. Uh, Also, you know, news report after news report trying to blame this whole hurricane thing on climate change.
1: We're right at the point where US 43 heads uh, across the Peace River here. I'm just in front of the Memorial for Hurricane Charlie, which in 2004 devastated this town and sent a wake-up call to this community about the threats of living on the coast in a rapidly warming planet. Uh, as a result of that storm, they were the first community in Florida to put in a climate adaptation plan, a sea level, coastal resiliency plan that they've are you know, have been working on for years now, and this will be the test uh, it's hard to build power lines or, or building codes for 17-foot storm surge, though. That's the, the crazy variable here right now. No one has ever seen that, so we don't know what that looks like. But this is exactly what <laughs> climate scientists have been warning about for a long time, and now we get to see it out close.
0: John? I mean, the news media is obsessed with finding a way to, to use this weather event to push the Democrats' agenda that to make you believe that these hurricanes are are a result of climate change that you know we never had hurricanes before there were carbon emissions you know it's not like oh we can go back in all of human history as far back as we can see and see that there were but there've always been hurricanes on this earth no it's because of climate change and they w- they want to present this fiction that it's getting worse due to climate change here's another news report this is CNN host Don Lemon um, trying to you know trying to get somebody from the noaa to to blame this hurricane this specific hurricane on climate change just gets totally shut down
2: just, i'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change but what what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying that's the question
0: here. i don't think you can link climate change to any one event okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse. uh, But uh, to link it to any one event, um, I I would caution against that. Yeah, again, that was Don Lemon, who was really, really sad whenever Brian Stelter left the network a few weeks ago. Because now Don Lemon is the dumbest person on the channel. And it's clips like this that prove it. Um, Here, let me give you some facts on hurricanes. Uh, This is, you know, despite all the fear that the media is trying to put out there about hurricane season... This is actually one of the most mild hurricane seasons in history. You know, despite how they want you to think, oh, it's climate change. It's making these weather these weather events so much worse, so much more cataclysmic than they ever were before. This is one of the mildest years for hurricanes ever. For the first time since 1997, the Atlantic did not have any named storms in the month of August. September was extremely calm as well. Now, you almost always have your first hurricane of the year, in the first half of August, most of the time, that's whenever it happens. We didn't have a single hurricane in the whole month of August. And like I said, September has been pretty calm up until, until right now. This is one of the calmest hurricane seasons in history. But because now we're finally getting a hurricane, and because this is an election year, we're being told it's climate change, it's the end of the world. I mean, some years we have two to three big hurricanes. This year, we went we went all of August, almost all of September without even having one finally one's hitting um they want us to think this is the end of the world this is why we need to elect democrats uh this is one of the this is one of the easiest years we've i mean hey ian i know ian looks like bad stuff you know let's hope not too many people die and well, let's hope no one dies um let's hope it's not any you know it's not too bad at all but i'm saying compared to most years this one's actually been pretty good overall uh, but, but facts don't matter to these people because they lie about everything i mean everything you know speaking of politicizing hurricanes did you know according to our president you can now get vaccinated against hurricanes listen to this clip
2: let me be clear if you're in a state where hurricanes often strike like florida or the gulf coast or into texas a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane
0: or a natural disaster hits that. I mean, that's your president, ladies and gentlemen, he is still, still using hurricanes to, to do a, a commercial for Pfizer. I mean, that is how much the <laughs> that is what they see of so-called clattachism, like weather events. This is an opportunity to push our liberal agenda get vaccinated, elect us, because we're going to do something about climate change, even though, I mean, we'll talk about this later. They've been, all, the liberals, the Democrats have been in power for the past two years in this country. <laughs> what have they done about, you know, we're still having hurricanes, people. Um, and, and again, about politicizing hurricanes. Uh, I want to I turn our attention to a Project Veritas video. And I've been sitting on this one for a while, uh, but this is such a, I mean, I was waiting until, I was waiting until this moment because uh, this is what the video is about. They're, they're talking in this video about how the COVID fear, this was used to push a Democrat agenda back in like 2020, 2021, but they were already planning that once, the, I think this video is from early 2021, the, once the fear from COVID wore off, then their plan was to use the fear of climate change to push future Democrat agendas. The, this is what they were, so the the people talking on this Um, This is a hidden camera captured by Project Veritas talking to CNN technical director Charlie Chester. So this was a video. What you're hearing here is Charlie Chester talking on a hidden camera unknowingly. It would take years, so they'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit.
2: So
1: climate
0: change overload Be prepared. It's coming. (laughs) Stories, like right now, um, we had an inside track right now where two stories are going to be pushed. Climate change is going to be the next COVID thing (laughs) to see. We're going to... We're
1: going to focus in. on that. I love it. But that's, but that's a fair we thing. We that focus. <laughs> but to commit to that as a
2: network. You said it's going to be like the new COVID.
0: So the thing is, I mean, it just all has the appearance of a hoax to me. Okay? It has the appearance of a hoax uh, when I talk about climate change. Okay? I'm not going to say that it is a hoax. The reason I'm not going to say that is because then social media might try to throttle me in my show if I call it a hoax. So I'm not saying it's a hoax, I'm saying it looks like a hoax, okay? If you are pro climate change, if you if you believe this stuff, then I want to let you know you guys have an imaging problem because the way that you present your information about climate change makes it all look like a hoax. I'm not saying it's a hoax, saying you guys make it look like a hoax. I'm saying that I don't believe it because it looks like a hoax. I I also don't believe it because people are pushing a lot of these climate change policies, uh, but they don't seem to be practicing what they preach. They don't seem to have any interest in living under the strict lifestyle practices that they want to put everybody else under. And that's another parallel, actually, with the whole COVID pandemic. Um, Here's a clip of a climate activist telling people not to vacation in Fiji. And then this is so funny, because the interviewer asks her, where she last went on vacation and she says to to fiji i just i'll let you hear it to, to the journalist's credit this is a real journalist um, probably because it's not an american journalist this is a real journalist and she, she can't even stop laughing when she hears this we'll apply to have like approved events to be able to fly for
2: well that's one thing that you could look at doing
0: am i allowed to go to fiji is that necessary In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane?
2: Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji.
1: Izzy!
0: (laughs) Izzy! Don't you care about the climate, Izzy? Of course, I care about the climate. Not enough. You went. To... <laughs> <laughs>
2: you went to Fiji. Is he? Come on, Mays. Are
0: you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Is well,
2: he? Are you, are you still there? It is pretty ironic, <laughs> but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on. But I can't really get out of it. Because Why'd my you come? To go? Why'd you go? My parents wanted to go. Is they didn't he? Want to go how are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? Of course, I'm not embarrassed. Did you did have you a terrible visit? time? Not really. I didn't. have to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these people just they don't even follow their own guidelines, their own advice. And I mean, you see this all the time with with the American politicians, the American, um, cl- climate change activism too, you know, same thing. The climate jar for this administration, John Kerry, and yet he flies all over the place on a private jet, even for silly little things like birthday parties. So i simply just don't believe any of the climate science propaganda. I mean, cause, cause it's, it's propaganda. That's, you know, a style of communication that they use to push the climate change information. And it all appears to be a hoax that's used to push a Democrat agenda. I mean, Amy Klobuchar, she's a senator. She's a terrible person. She would have been a much better vice president pick than Kamala Harris. You know, if Biden hadn't pigeonholed himself into doing an affirmative action hire, um, if he had if he had just picked Amy Klobuchar, she'd probably be president right now, Uh, because I think if she was vice president, the Dems already would have pushed Biden on out of office. Amy Klobuchar, at least she can speak in public. And that's saying more than our current president or vice president can do. Amy Klobuchar was talking about why Democrats need to win this next election here, here coming up in about a month. And listen to this. We just did something about climate change
1: for the first time in decades. That's why we've got to win this as that hurricane bears down on Florida. we got to win in the midterms. We understand that.
0: So she says they need to win so that they can stop hurricanes even though the Democrats are already in charge of both houses of Congress. And as you've noticed, the the hurricanes are still happening. But, but, but if the Democrats win in November, don't worry, then they can stop hurricanes. You know, it always cracks me up when the Democrats talk about all the things they'll do if they win. They they talk about these climate change proposals they want to push through and, and the gun control measures that they'll ram through. I mean, it's like, guys, you already control Congress. You already won two years ago. Congress is in session right now. If Democrats could do it, if they were going to do it, they could go do it right now, but they don't want to go do it. They want you to vote for him so that then they can finally do the things that they haven't done for the past two years, but they could, and if they could go do right this minute, I mean, it's just pathetic. I Honestly, I think some of the Dems actually want to lose. Um, I, th- I think some of the Republicans want to lose. I mean, this, and here's why this government's a disaster right now. And so whoever's in charge, they're going to get the blame, you know, especially two years from now in a presidential election year, 2024, whoever's in charge uh, on the, on the government, they're going to get the blame. And I think there's people in both parties who would actually like to lose this election because they don't want the blame. They don't want to be holding the football as this thing um, get, <laughs> as they get tackled. Cause they're there. There's going to be still some rough days ahead. They don't want whoever's in charge is going to look the worst. And right now, the past two years, Democrats get the blame. They they got they got all the blame for all this stuff that has been going on. And hey, people got distracted here recently by some of the Trumpy stuff that's happened in the past few months. And when that happened, the, the Dems rose in the polls. But the polls are turning back around. But you know, people have kind of forgotten. They shot their shot a little too early. And now people are forgetting about the Trumpy stuff and looking back at their bank accounts and looking back at the grocery store prices and looking back at the gas prices. And the, the Democrats are going down in the polls again. And unless the Democrats can put the attention back on Trump, and no doubt they're going to try for these next few weeks, they'll try. But unless they can do that, um, they're going to get wrecked in this election. Because the attention and therefore the blame, it's all going back to them right now. And it's hard for them It's, it's hard for them to shift attention away from how badly Biden is, do, is blowing it whenever we have weekly moments like this.
2: But guess what? We got a lot to do. Gotta say hi to me. We go back a long way. She was 12. I was 30. But anyway, this woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway, any
0: rate. You know, I hear that. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand this man. Joe Biden has a reputation for being creepy with children. Uh, for touching them, OK, touching their faces, trying to kiss them, trying to hug on them. And, and he, he's been told this is a problem. He's actually apologized for it because, you know, it's clear that many of the kids that he tries to touch, that they're uncomfortable with it. It's, it's clear that many of the Americans who watch him behave that way, that they are uncomfortable with it. And, and, and he apologized for it. And yet it's like he can't stop himself. He can't stop saying and, and doing things like this. You know, listen to listen to this clip again. L- just
2: listen again. We go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30. But anyway, this woman helped me get an awful lot done. Anyway.
0: She was 12 and I was 30? <laughs> Mr. President, that's not what you say, okay? The line that you're looking for is, I swear, officer, I had no idea she was 12, okay? <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> you don't say this, okay? She was 12, I was 30. <laughs> he was a boy, she was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? Why will he not st- stop saying things like that? Like why can't he stop? I I'd say his tendency to be creepy with kids it's it's just way too ingrained in him uh, for 80 years now. It's if 80 years going of this, he's not able to stop anymore. Um well, let me be a little serious for a minute. Remember the Hunter Biden laptop? where he talked about uh, pedo peter and and peter is a name that Joe Biden has gone by in the past it's like a pseudonym that he would use online and then hunter biden's laptop it's talking about pedo peter in there and many people are presuming that hunter is referring to his dad when he says pedo peter and if you remember to mention project veritas again they got that diary that was from uh, ashley biden which is joe biden's daughter and it had an entry in there that, that talked where she talked about taking showers with her dad and how she has like all these mental problems now. And, and then the, they say that, you know, the Democrats say that diary was not legitimate. And yet, for some reason, the FBI raided Project Veritas and took the diary away. You remember all that stuff? I haven't forgotten those things. And just on a serious note, I, it really makes you wonder why Biden has all of these creepy interactions with kids, why, why he can't get, keep his hands off of them. Why he tells these romantic-sounding stories of, of being 30 and meeting a 12-year-old. And, and like I said, after 80 years of it, I guess he can't stop. You know, his, his handlers can't keep him tied to a teleprompter all the time. Sometimes he just talks and stuff just comes out. <laughs> One of my favorite moments of this was a few days ago when Biden blamed Elton John for AIDS. You know, that's, and that's not really an exaggeration. Biden's at, at some kind of fundraiser. He points Elton John out. He says, he says this, it is because of Elton John that the American government is spending a whole bunch of money this year to fight AIDS. Okay, just listen.
2: By the way, it's all his fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS.
0: You know, I think he, he obviously meant that Elton John Convinced him, I guess, to donate this money. But it's funny that Biden uses the the word fault right there. I don't know. Maybe Elton John is responsible for that much AIDS. I don't don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. It's amazing the stuff that comes out of Biden's mouth. And and then there was this embarrassment this week that they just couldn't walk back. So Biden's at some event, and he was wanting to recognize a representative. I can't remember which state she was from, but Jackie She She's the one who uh, actually she died in a car crash a few months ago. Okay, and and President Biden decides he wants to to acknowledge her at this event. And this this, I mean, she died. And this is this is what happened. And so many of you
2: know so much about this as well. And you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie.
0: I didn't think she, uh, she was going to be here to help make this. Oh, um, I just, <laughs> still, I kind of still can't believe this is, this is who's running our country. I, this is pretty. That's pretty bad. There's not really any way to soften that. You know, it's it's rough. And um, and as much as I railed against Karen Jean Pierre last week, I, I have to say she was dealt a tough hand with this one. Okay, <laughs> this is just, I'm not going to blame her for this one. So she has to explain why the president. Was asking, where's Jackie when Jackie died months ago? You know, it's not, I'm not saying he, that he literally has Alzheimer's, but you know, it's like, it's kind of scary because it reminds you of people with Alzheimer's and they, you know, they wake up and, and like they think that their husband or their wife is still alive. They forgot that they're, that this person died. You know, it's just kind of creepy because it's like, it's almost like that. Like he f- literally forgot this person died and here he is calling out for her at this event. And so. Gotta say, I felt a little bad for Queen Jean-Pierre having to mop up that one because it's a, it's a lose-lose situation. I haven't played the clip yet. Let, I, I, let me play the clip in a second. It gets worse when you think of the fact that Biden, re- actually, he released a statement mourning her death a few months ago, but has now apparently forgotten that she died and is here at this event a few days ago asking... Where's Jackie? Okay, here's Karine Jean-Pierre handling that one. Final
1: one. What happened in the Hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What what happened? So the president w- was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome congresswoman's family uh, to the white house on friday there will be uh, a bill signing in her honor this coming friday Uh, so of course she was on his mind she was of top of mind uh, for the president he uh, looks very much looks forward to discussing her remarkable legacy of public service with them when he sees her family this coming friday he said jackie are you here where's jackie she must not be here Mm no i totally understand i just i just explained she was on top of mind uh... Um, you know.
0: So, you know, I try to be fair. I got to give her a little leeway here. I always try to point out it is her job to lie to cover for the president. Uh It's just that that was an impossible one to cover for. You know, she basically ignored the question both times, says Jackie Walorski was <laughs> at the top of Biden's mind. I-, I think if I were in her shoes, I would have just said he forgot that she died. You know, I think I would have just said that. Karine jean can't bring herself to say that because, you know, you say that it does open up all kinds of other questions about the president's cognitive ability. So um, as much as I think she is a bit of an incompetent buffoon, not going to falter on this one. This one wasn't her fault. But, you know, it is a situation. It does just get worse. I think it gets worse the more you try to defend it. You know, it looks like you're just not willing to acknowledge reality. Um, and, and speaking of not acknowledging reality, let's talk about what's racist for this week. Everything
1: is racist.
0: So what's racist for this week? Well, first up today is Hayley Bieber. Uh, if you've never heard of Haley Bieber before, uh, you're, you're actually probably pretty lucky. I- I've never heard of her before myself. So I'm assuming that this is the girl Justin Bieber married. Okay. And, and she's apparently not too bright. Um, cause I guess she didn't realize if you marry Justin Bieber, that means that your last name becomes Bieber as well. Poor, poor stupid girl. Uh, however, I'm not going to falter for this report coming straight from Time Magazine. Haley Bieber faced criticism over the weekend after a TikTok video she made about brownie glazed lips was called out for appropriating a makeup technique favored by Latinas and black and brown women since the 90s. In Bieber's original video, the model wears brown lip liner with a clear glossy lip treatment from her beauty brand, Rode, captioning the post, ready for all fall things, including brownie-glazed lips. So she's apparently being canceled this week for that, for cultural appropriation. Now, listen, hey, if she'd refused to have brownie-glazed lips, she could just as easily be accused of, you know, black erasure, or, you know, there'd probably be an article condemning her then, saying like, what's wrong with having brownie-glazed lips? But, you know, since she did have brownie-glazed lips, she's now being canceled in Time Magazine for cultural appropriation. So let me comment i comment a few things on this. Um, one, you know, a race can't just claim a lip liner, okay? I, even if a lot of people from one race like to do something, it doesn't mean they can just own it for forever. And two, the article itself that says, it's, it said it's only been a thing since the 90s, okay? It's, it's basically a fashion trend. This is not some long-standing historical tradition. This is not something precious to one particular culture, okay? I'm older than this fad. All right. It, it, it's probably only barely older than Haley Bieber. And, and then three, whenever you culturally appropriate something, you, it, it means you're looking at someone else's culture, at what they did. And you're saying, hey, I like that. Like, I want to do it, too. You know, it's not an insult. It, it's a compliment to that culture. You know, the accusation of cultural appropriation as if it's some offensive thing, that's, it's never really made sense to me. Um, but you know, this is a show largely about pointing at things and, and saying that doesn't make sense, you know, like, like this next one here, but <laughs> let me, let me add in a fourth thing. Um, I too am a white person who enjoys having brownie glazed lips. Although I don't think m- mine doesn't have anything to do with lip liner. So, okay. Uh, the next thing that's racist for today, uh, is the term woke. Okay. From the Washington post. Woke is now a dog whistle for black. What's next? Perspective by columnist David Damon Young. Every day that goes by, I'm more and more thankful that Washington Post is behind a painwall a paywall. so no one's subjected to its stupidity, except for all those people out there who are already stupid enough that they would pay for a subscription to it. you know but, but because of that, it severely limits the amount of stupid that it would otherwise be able to spread around. So I can read the headline, but I cannot read the article. I can't comment on the article itself, and I'm just really thankful for that right now. And and, and you're, I, I got to say this: so woke is now is racist because it's a it's a dog whistle for black. You know they're the ones who came up with the word woke. You know this is what always happens with the left: they come up with a stupid word, then we make fun of the word because it it's very ridiculous. It's a very stupid word, and then they get tired of being called that word, and so they try to say it's racist if you use that word against them they say that you're weaponizing it (laughs) they call it they call it white supremacy but we're not going to let them get off that easy and and i want to point out too i don't even think of black people whenever i use the word woke like whenever i use the word woke i'm thinking i'm kind of thinking of a whiny white liberal whenever i use that phrase although now i'm also going to imagine damon young a whiny black liberal because he's the one who wrote this piece you know, Washington Post, this wasn't the only <laughs> banger of a headline that they had this week. Here's another one. Seven ways that a recession can be good for you. <laughs> uh, this is how they are carrying water for the Democrats this week. Uh, you know, they, it, it is, it's at least kind of refreshing how how um, how they don't even try to hide their bias anymore. You know, they like they never would have ran a headline like this when Trump was president, but Now that President Biden, now that Joe Biden's president, uh, seven ways of recession could be good for you financially. That's not it's not just good for you. Good for you financially. You know, the one thing that's actually bad for you financially. Um, That's that's you know, that's the reality over there at Washington Post. Like I said, I'm thankful it's behind a paywall. We don't have to live in their reality. Uh, One last thing that's been declared racist. And it's, once again, it's a word that the liberals came up with, one that they came up with themselves, okay? Straight from the vocabulary, Latinx, or Latinx. I've never even actually looked up how, how's this, how to say it, um, how you're supposed to say it. I don't know if there is a right way or wrong way to say it. It's a made-up word, you know, Latinx. It's like when Star Wars fans argue about the right way to pronounce this or that. I'm like, you know, I'm hey, it's a made-up word. <laughs> what does it matter? So, it doesn't... It actually, it's not going to matter much longer because you're not supposed to say it anymore. Latinx, Latinx, is racist. Salon put out a piece this week. Salon, who wrote in 2017, forget about Latino, why I'm all for Latinx, and you should be too. That was what they wrote back in 2017? This past week? Stop using Latinx if you really want to be inclusive. So, Latinx, you know, the... the. Um, Spanish language, it's it's gendered. The nouns are gendered in that language. And so everything is Latino, Latina. Latino means male, Latino person. And Latina means a female. So Latinos, Latinas, this wasn't good enough for the, the woke, which, again, is whiny white liberals here in America. That wasn't good enough for them. They had to change the word. They did not like how Latino and Latina, they didn't think it was inclusive enough. They didn't think it was fair that there's these two words that mean men or women. They wanted to wrap it all up into one thing, which Spanish also has a word for that too. But they wanted to wrap it all up into one thing. They decided to do Latinx. They put an X there instead of an O or an A. So they made up a word and then they tried to say, this is what we're going to refer to the Latino community with. This is how we're going to refer to them. We're going to call them Latinx. We're going to redo their language and make up a word to refer to them and not let them use the word that they use to refer to themselves. We're just going to redefine that. And this is how we show how woke we are, how inclusive we are. And a lot of conservatives have pointed out for years, that's that's kind of offensive. You know, to tell people you know better how to speak their language than they do, (laughs) calling their language, you know, saying that their language is not inclusive enough, so you're just going to make up a new word to refer to them. The conservatives have been pointing out for years that that itself is is actually the racist thing to do, because as we always say, the Democrats are the real racists. Well, now they've realized that. Now they finally realized over at the far, 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 far left online publication of Salon, they finally realized Latinx, it, you know, it actually is a little bit offensive, and the, and the <laughs> Hispanic community doesn't like it. And they've been trying to force this for years and it's just backfiring. Doesn't make grammatical sense in their language. So after years of woke white liberals trying to, whiny woke white liberals trying to revise the Spanish language to make themselves appear like they know best. Finally, they're backtracking telling us maybe we shouldn't have done that. It actually is kind of offensive. And maybe those conservatives were right all along. They're not really going to say that last one, <laughs> but, but that's the truth. Um, One last thing, I'd just comment on this the what's racist for this week. Um, It is just sad to me to look at what used to be reputable news organizations, not like Salon never was, but I mean, Washington Post, this was the magazine, this was the newspaper that that broke the Watergate story. And uh, Time Magazine, I mean, these were like, these were real. I don't know if foundational is the word iconic. These were iconic sources of journalism in print media for decades in this country and look at what they've just reduced themselves down to talking about Haley Bieber's lips, talking about how the word woke is, is racist. I mean, this is the look at how, look at how far they've fallen. You know, honestly, it's just, it's just a little bit depressing. Um, it's just it's just actually a little bit of a bummer to look at how these eagles are just driving themselves into the ground all right don't leave yet we're not done yet we got one more segment coming up uh, after i catch my breath here So before I close down later, uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention this here. If you want to get in touch with Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, you can send us an email to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. And hey, if you see some fake news, send it our way. Whoever gets it to us first, we'll get credit for it. Also to stay in touch throughout the week, we're on Twitter at Fake News Weekly. And then if you like Bible studies, or if you just really dig the sound of my voice, I have another podcast. It's called Cross References, and this one has nothing to do really with news or current events, but it's what I consider my main podcast. It has new episodes on Mondays. Just go look up Cross References on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. You can also find my other. And, you know, real quick, I want to do a thing that happened. So uh, (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't pass over this one. Democrat gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. She's running for governor again, again, and getting ready to lose again down there in The great state of Georgia, she announced this week that fetal heartbeats uh, on an ultrasound of, um, I think she said six-week-old babies. She says these are actually a devious plot by men, that they don't really have heartbeats. It's just a propaganda trying to control women's bodies. Listen to this. So she's, she's basically asserting that, you know, when they when they hook the ultrasound up and, and say to the to the the expectant mommy, say this is this is your baby's heartbeat. All those lab techs, all those OBGYNs around the world doing these ultrasounds, they're all engaged in this conspiracy to control women's bodies by convincing them that this, this heartbeat is a heartbeat. It's literally the electrical impulses going through the little baby's chest sure its heart is not as developed as it will be someday but it is the heart at the six week stage and it is making that sound in there no no stacy abrams says it's just it's a it's a ploy <laughs> it's a conspiracy it's one of the most ludicrous conspiracy theories i've ever heard i mean i've heard some crazy you know some of the q that's gone around but i mean this to all the OBGYNs in the in the country this was on planned parenthood's own website like, not not what Stacey Abrams said this past week, that it's a conspiracy. Planned Parenthood put it on their website. that six-week-old babies that they have a heartbeat. They actually had that on their website up until Stacey Abrams said it was a conspiracy a few days ago. And then Planned Parenthood took it off because science, medical science, reality itself, it has to bend to the will of Stacey Abrams, future president of the world on Star Trek. It is such a ludicrous conspiracy theory. I, I mean, I don't think even Stacey Abrams believes it. I mean, certainly she does not actually believe that. Because despite how terrible of a person she is, she's a very smart person. Okay? She's a very... I think she's an intelligent lady. So she's probably realized by this point she's not really going to be able to get other smart people to vote for her. And so she's given up on getting the smart vote. And and now she's apparently just going after the stupid people. That's obviously what you're going for at this point when you start saying stuff like this. She's going after that stupid vote. All right, let's go into our last segment on today's program. We're going to do a Beyond the Headline. So, um, why Marvel's Sabra shouldn't be in the MCU? This is a headline from an, an online entertainment website called Nerdist and you can tell based on the title it's a it's a website for nerds it talks about nerd things and entertainment this is a story about the marvel cinematic universe and um i'm not going to get too deep into the marvel stuff i'm just this this headline caught my eye because i I try to follow entertainment news cuz i mean i like you know keeping up with what's new in movies and stuff like that going to see new movies uh did a whole show about the entertainment media not too long ago so i like keeping up with that stuff now typically with these entertainment websites it usually i follow them until they just annoy me too much and then i stop following them on social media and then i p- eventually pick up another so i mean i used to follow vulture they got annoying i used to follow slash film they got an, you know when i say they get annoying like they start pushing a lot of just a lot of really slanted coverage liberal coverage you know all that kind of stuff i don't want to get that mixed in with my entertainment news so they're all kind of the same way but anyway i so i drop them after a while lately I've been following from Nerdist which they're starting to annoy me uh, again headline from them why Marvel's Sabra shouldn't be in the MCU um, so they're talking about this character in Marvel who is named Sabra. she's actually I, I guess she's Captain Israel you know you hear of Captain America yeah so in Marvel they've got like Captain America but that's not they I guess he was so popular. They said we should make some captains for other countries, too. They did a Captain Britain. I guess there's a Captain Israel. I don't read comics, so I don't know about all this stuff. And Until they show up in the movies, I don't really know anything about these people. But um, I guess they're going to introduce a Captain Israel coming up. And the um, totally unbiased, totally not racist, totally woke, whiny white liberals over at Nerdist, they want you to know that this is a bad thing. Introducing a Captain Israel is a bad thing. The world's not ready for that yet. Let me read the article. One of the most wonderful things about fandoms is the ability to escape to new worlds. Characters can take you on journeys filled with powers, magic, interdimensional travel. And for 14 years, the MCU's been one of the most fun fandoms to be a part of, amassing millions of fans who are caught up in its universe. Recently, many fans found themselves facing their grim reality through this world. (laughs) Which means nobody except the whiny, woke, white liberals over at Nerdist. Many fans found themselves facing their grim reality through this world with Marvel's announcement that a new hero would join Captain America's upcoming film, new world order. She's someone many fans don't know. And honestly, a hero in quotes, a hero who doesn't need to be in the MCU, her name Sabra. So Sabra is captain Israel or whatever. I didn't know there was a captain Israel. Okay. I don't know. There's a captain for every nation in these comics. No idea. I guess they were planning on introducing Captain Israel in this upcoming Marvel film, New World Order. So here's what it says. In the Marvel comics, Sabra is a Jewish and Israeli version of Captain America who works for the government's intelligence agency, Mossad. She also works undercover for Israeli police when she's not donning her super suit. Her first appearance is in The Incredible Hulk number 256 from 1962 where she gets into a fight with Hulk (laughs) because she thinks he's helping... Arab terrorists. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. She sees a giant green monster in the, in the desert or something. And she thinks he's an Arab terrorist. (laughs) She, she a colorblind superhero. The sixties were quite a time. So Marvel is doing this new thing. As we talked about a few episodes ago, they keep introducing female versions of their iconic heroes of the past. There's like a female Hulk. Now a female Hawkeye, a female Iron Man, a female Thor, a female Loki. And, you know, if it was just one or two of the heroes they did this with, it'd, it'd be okay, I guess. It's so obvious. It's so dumb at this point. Um, the one hero that kind of had escaped it was Captain America. Uh, I didn't think there would be a female Captain America because we got we just got a black Captain America, so I thought that was covering the woke checkbox for that hero. And apparently not. Now we're getting Captain Israel. It's a female. And... Every time they do this, the liberal media always just fawns over the new minority hero. Every time one's introduced, they're just gushing over it. They've loved all of them. They're constantly defending them. Like a few weeks ago, Nerdist, they ran a headline that said, they said, no, the MCU isn't becoming the MCU, but maybe it should be. (laughs) They're saying (laughs) they're getting defensive about it because they know it's irritating people. They know the Marvel brand has been losing a lot of steam over the past couple of years, ever since they started pulling all this, this woke garbage. So they're like, well, that's not, they're not really doing that, but they should do. This is what the liberals always do. When you accuse them of doing something woke and they don't want to admit that's what they're doing. You know, first they say, oh, we're not doing that. And then they say, well, we're, we're not doing it, but we should do it. And then stage three is like, well, okay, it's, it's happening, but there's nothing wrong with it. So on, on the Marvel thing. On the Marvel like stages of grief or whatever, I think we're still at stage two. They're saying we're not the MCU, but we should be the MCU. You know, that's where they are. And and the Libs have been loving it up and up until now. Okay. Up until now. Because now an Israeli character is about to be brought into the fold. And now they suddenly, 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 now they have a problem with it. When it's a Jew. Now it's problematic, as as they say in the article. It is problematic. It's one of those liberal words that means it's not actually a problem, but there's no like there's no actual problems with it. They can't point to anything and say that's a problem. So they just try to say it's problematic. Let me that's what Nerdis says. It's problematic. Let me count the reasons why. The word Sabra is a Hebrew word that refers to a Jewish person born in Israel. However, Sabra is also the name of a Palestinian refugee camp. In Lebanon, which still exists today. In 1982, Sabra and Shatila, a neighboring camp, were the site of a horrific massacre. During this event, Israeli-allied militiamen from the right-wing Lebanese Christian KTAB party and the South Lebanon army killed 3,500 Palestinians and Lebanese civilians. According to reports, the attack lasted three days as the group went into the camp, torturing and killing civilians. Now, honestly, I can't say I know much of what they're talking about. I just know that they're lying. How do I know they're lying? Because the liberal media lies about everything all the time. Uh, All they do is lie. So when I see them saying Israel, they're implying here that Israel killed 3,500 Palestinian civilians. I read that. I know that they're lying. I know that this probably never happened because a liberal source says it did. So I looked into this a little bit um, and I noticed something. They didn't actually say Israel did it. They said Israel's allies did it. Well, that's kind of a vague term. To me, um, this this took place up in Lebanon, whether it even actually happened or not, whether it was really as bad as they said it was or not. This took place up in Lebanon, not in Israel. And um, and like I said, this was in the 1980s. But the the Captain Marvel or the Captain uh, the Captain Israel character, the Sabra. She was invented in 1962, as I already said earlier. So there's no connection between this event that happened in the 80s and this character who was created in the 1960s. They're saying there's a connection because she has the same name. But the, the truth is, Sabra is a very common Jewish noun and name. It refers to, um, as a noun, just a it can be a person who was born in Israel. It can also just be used as a name. I personally know someone named Sabra. So it's not some obscure word that whenever you hear it, it just makes people think of a refugee camp up in Lebanon, from the 1980s, okay? This Nerdist writer is trying to imply that the character has some kind of connection to this refugee camp that's it, it not even in Israel, but was in Lebanon two decades later if this massacre even happened the way that she said it did. It doesn't even include Israel's involvement. Let me continue with the piece. For Palestinian people, Sabra isn't the name of some hummus or a hero they admire. It's where the murder of thousands of people took place. Again, let me just say, it's a common word, okay? You can take any character's name in anything and try to connect it to some atrocity that happened in history. There's, there's a massacre in Paris, France in 1572, and, se- and several of them in history, okay? Does Paris Hilton need to change her name because there were massacres in Paris a long time ago? There is a massacre in Jamestown by Native Americans in 1622. Does James Bond need to change his name? Does James Rhodes need to change his name? He's a Marvel hero. You know, does he need to change his name? No, just the Jewish superhero. (laughs) That's all Nerdist is asking. We just need to change the Jewish superhero. There was a massacre in Perry, Florida, 1922. Does Perry Mason need to change his name now? Or Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb? No, just the Jewish superhero. What about the Kent State Massacre of 1970? Well, should Clark Kent change his name now? No, no, just the Jewish superhero. Or, hey, there's a Marvel character actually named Gamora. That particular word has a historical connection to me. (laughs) Being a Christian, being someone who reads the Bible, (laughs) the the, the Jews would say the same thing. Gamora has a different word to to them. Do, Do you want to talk about what happened to Gamora? The Gamora I know? Where is Gamora? Why is Gamora? I'll continue with the piece. The Israeli government and police force, the same ones that Sabra fictionally works for, are realistically practicing apartheid there's stories of, of shooting civilians in the head with rubber bullets <laughs> you know wow rubber bullets guys they shot palestinians in the head with rubber bullets meanwhile the palestinians regularly shoot israelis in the head with actual bullets but she says no we can't have a jewish hi- superhero because she works for a government that's realistically practicing apartheid you know why not just say practicing apartheid Why can't they just say that? Well, because if they said that, it'd be straight up lying. So they say, realistically practicing apartheid, by which they mean not in any way similar to actual apartheid. And she goes on, I'm not going to go through all this stuff because it'd get exhausting, classifying Palestinian civil services organizations as terrorist organizations. She's mad that Israel's government classifies Palestinian groups as terrorists. You know, can we talk actually... Without getting into the weeds of what's going on on the other side of the world. Because I don't know the details of those organizations. I'm not going to track it down. If Israel says they're terrorists, I'm inclined to think that Israel knows more about actual terrorism than this Nerdist writer does, because Israel actually lives in a place surrounded by terrorists all the time, constantly protecting itself from terrorists. <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what they want to define as a terrorist. I think they know better than me or one of the whiny woke liberal writers at Nerdist. I actually care a little more about who my country classifies as a terrorist, because our president goes on TV and makes speeches about how dangerous the people who voted for Donald Trump were. And and when our government directs the FBI to investigate the parents who visit school board meetings and and labels them domestic terrorists. That's what our Justice Department did in connection in, in, uh, in tandem with the FBI. When our president goes out and calls the MAGA Republicans these dangerous, violent extremists. I have to wonder, is Captain Israel the hero that we need to be warned about? Or was it Captain America all along? Well, we're going to end it there for today. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear that anyone took the name Bieber on purpose, that's just fake news.